Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we are going to do a part two of what we did last week on generational curse. And so today's question is, do we bear responsibility for parents' sins? I recall last episode we got kind of emotional. Today we're going to get more foundational theologically because you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you there we go. shall set you free. Here we are completing each other's sentences. <laughs> pray, pray for us. <laughs> hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And today we're going to talk about uh, bearing the responsibility uh, for parents' sins. What does that look like? And are we responsible for it? And I will tell you this. Uh, parents, parents, mm-hmm. as parents, oh boy, you're going to be held accountable. And that's what we're going to talk about is bearing the responsibility for our parents' sins. What does it look like for the children and how how is our sin affect children? And we're going to talk about that part of it, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get started, brother, if you will open us, sir. Father, help us to discern your word and your will and to minister effectively to seeking people. Lord, this uh, generational uh, realities is in all of our faces. It's in all of our lives. And we who have been set free by the blood of Christ, uh, we, we're here to help those who are not free yet. So Holy Spirit, give us discernment, anointed teaching of your word, make it powerful and pure in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Do we bear responsibility for parents' sins? Ezekiel 18, especially uh, one through four, which is some of these scriptures we're using in the beginning are a little repetitive from last week's, but I think they're necessary yeah. just, just to kind of bring it Biblical up. Biblical foundation. Yeah, we got to build it. So in Ezekiel 18, one through four, it says, the word of the Lord came to me again saying, what do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Behold, and now this verse four is important. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die personal responsibility in each generation one generation especially the older generation certainly impacts the younger generation and that's our focus and that will be our focus the one who sins or the uh the one who is the one committing the atrocities toward god is the one who will die at the same time in exodus 20 5 through 6 it says You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. That is a key part of that passage, right? Because it's not the children of God that this is on. It is the ones who hate God, who constantly keep living in sin and repeating the sins of their fathers. I've heard people say, I don't hate God, but see, it's not... Do we emotionally, hey, God, God is the one who defines that. He said, Jesus said, if you You love love me, keep my commandments. So it's not some kind of an emotional, oh, I I hate God or I love God. It's wait a minute. No, no, no. It's our our actions. Uh, We might not have an emotional hatred for God, but we deny his word. We do our own thing and we think we're not hating God. 
but we are. We are. He says we are because we are. We're spitting in his face. Exactly. Literally, we we are. Listen, when we, it's kind of like when your parents tell you to do something and you don't do it. You are completely disrespectful, and you're not showing love. As a matter of fact, you're showing uh, uh, contentment toward them, and or or content con- contempt. <laughs> I'll get the word out. <laughs> Sometimes we get our tangs tangled up, Johnny. Sometimes, but I mean, you're you are literally. It's not loving to go against them. That's what I'm trying to say because the word apparently I can't find. Well, that so little phrase, who, who hate me, uh, I remember back in my unsaved days, I would never say, I hate God. That would right. that'd freak me out. Right. I remember hearing John Lennon say, we're more popular than Jesus. That scared me. No, John, I love John. Don't say that. That's mm-hmm. not good. But I, I didn't emotionally hate God, right. but in actions, I hated in God. Act- yeah. And everything I did was anti-God. Right. But I had to see it. Was, I was being deceived. Right. Oh, I don't hate God. Yeah, yes, yeah, you do. Yes, yeah. I, yeah, I did. Yeah. So the question that comes, do children bear responsibility for their parents' sin? Yes and no. Uh, as we've read already, that God judges the hearts of each individual. individual. Yep. Each individual is responsible for his own actions, and God will hold each individual accountable for those actions. And so if someone spurs you or your parents spur you to anger or you as a child spur your parents to anger, God is going to hold us accountable for our reaction to what somebody does to us. And you can say, well, it's not my fault. He made me. No, you chose to respond that way. You know, and, and so you will be held accountable. I will be held accountable. So we have influence and we have decision. That's yeah. it. And, and you'll be held accountable for your decision that you've allowed to influence, that you've allowed the influence to determine. And now Johnny and I are in the second and third generation part of, of this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, we came as young men, uh, messed up. We talked about that last podcast. Right. Uh, but, but realizing we need help. Jesus knocks on the door of our heart. We make a commitment to him. And so we're on the children's side of right. it, trying to break through. Then in a period of not too far down the road, we became the parental side of this thing. So now it's even more important to me because I don't want to screw up my kids. Right. And then now I'm in the the grandparent. Well, so he just entered in. He's got a beautiful little granddaughter. Dude. Uh, he's got a picture the other day. Oh, man. Uh, uh, you love him just like uh, your kids, don't you? I looked at her and went, uh, she is so beautiful. She looks just like me. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look that's anything what like I, That's what I, I was going to say. I think you just lied to the audience, John. But the love thing is for real. Oh, it? the love is oh, for real. Oh, oh my goodness, God. right? Um, but listen, guys, here's what I want you to see. In both Old and New Testaments, God interacts, and we see this through the passages, that God interacts with people based on their own faith. So we're, we're held accountable to our own actions, our own faith. In Genesis, for example, we see that God treats Cain differently than he treated Abel, right? According to their actions. And Ezekiel 18.30 says this, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord, Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that your iniquity will not be your ruin. This is this is per individual. Going back to Cain and Abel, um, Abel brought forth the proper sacrifice, learned it from mom and dad. Cain brought forth his own sacrifice. I'll do it my way. And Tried God, to make his own religion. Yeah, God said, Cain, if you do right. well, I'll, I'll accept your sacrifice. Right. God can't change to accommodate right. anybody. 
And but but they expect us to. Yeah, or I'm expect God to. Yeah, I worship yeah. God my yeah. way. Yeah. And God says, no, no, I, yeah. I'll accept you. He didn't like he loved Abel more. It was his actions. Mm-hmm. It was his choices. Because he spit in God's face. Yeah. And God says, okay. Um, he could argue that. No, I didn't spit in your face. I didn't spit in your face. I brought you a sacrifice. And God said, you spit in my face. Right. Yeah, because you knew what was acceptable and what was not acceptable, and you brought what you decided rather than what you knew was right. And you rejected the word of God to do it your way. And he paid a price for it, didn't he? he a huge price. Yeah. And, 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 guys, we pay the same price, not because of our father, because if you notice— Adam wasn't the one that was dealt with for Abel's decisions, mm-hmm. right? It was Abel who was dealt with for his decisions. God took Abel to the woodshed, if you will. Adam taught his kids how to do it right. Yep. And Abel said, ah, what does that old man know? No, Cain said that. I mean, Abel. sorry, yeah. Cain said that. My apology. <laughs> I was thinking of Abel. Yeah. Um, it was Cain that God treated different. He didn't hold Adam to it. Amen. It wasn't Adam's fault. It wasn't Adam's fault. And uh, today, pa- uh, children try to blame parents. Oh, let me just, uh, uh, as I said the other day, let me just put a boot up on the high side. <laughs> because I'm just saying, you know, today, children are like, well, it's your fault. You did this to me. And they're like, no, you knew right from wrong. Oh, I was unfair. I didn't have a fair upbringing. I didn't know you still knew right from wrong. You know, it's just, uh, any rate, John three sixteen says this, whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The word believes is key. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to make it or break, oh, it. break it. And here's the other thing. Whoever means Nobody is without this opportunity. Amen. I love that. Nobody. And so, again, without excuse, I didn't know. I didn't know. You did know. I want you to see that God holds us accountable for our own decision, not accountable for the parents' sin. Very clear from Scripture. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I do find interesting, and we're going to talk about in the next podcast, is that parents will be held responsible for their children's sin if they didn't teach them right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's big. That's another uh, that's facet on this diamond. Right? So verse 18 goes on to say, though, in John three eighteen. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Again, personal, individual decision. Mm -hmm. Personal, individual responsibility, and God holds each one individually accountable. Blessing for belief, uh, consequence for unbelief. Yeah, and and the consequences we would call a curse. It's ugly. Um, it's not so, broken. Without faith, it's not broken. It's still continuing to control. And people want freedom from that control, but right. you have to f- take the medicine. Yeah, you know, go to the doctor, don't take the medicine. It ain't the doctor's fault. Right. You know? Yeah, you didn't heal me. No, you didn't take the pill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So clearly salvation is offered to all, regardless of the actions of one's parents. On the other hand, though, it's obvious that sins of parents do affect their children. Very clear. 
because we look at David and Bathsheba. Their firstborn son died because of David and Bathsheba's sins. It's funny, David, the prophet Nathan came to him and confronted him with his sin, kind of set him up, told a story about the rich guy. He just set him up. <laughs> steals the bit, the lamb from the poor guy and has a party for his big fat cat friends. What shall be done? And David quoted the Levitical law. He shall repay fourfold. And then Nathan says, you're the man. You're the man. And that, that David's child. sin. And by the way, it's David's sin, not Bathsheba's sin, even though they were both involved. But in that time, uh, Bathsheba did not have the right to deny the king. Mm-hmm. It's on David. It's on David because David chose to spit in God's face. Yeah. And indulge in, he, he chose to indulge in what his power and authority allowed him, but not his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a price he paid. He did. And that, that child died. So there's definite connection between father's sin and, and children's suffering. Now, of course, we know David, when that baby died, David said, I can't bring the baby back, but I will go to be with the baby. David repented. Right. David's in heaven, right. man after right. God's own heart. Yep. Totally screwed up. But yep. but still, he was forgiven. Right. But the price was still paid, and it was the children that suffered. Absolutely. It's the children. Uh, something that really moves me. Well, I'll throw this in yeah, right go now. Ahead, go ahead. illustration. Yep. yep. Uh, my dad, uh, the four of us kids, we were all crazy wild into drugs and uh, addiction, cocaine. And my sister was busted and the judge reduced her crime. Her, and it was just a mess, absolute mess. And I got saved. God called me to preach. And my dad had a mistress. They lived together for 10 years. And, and she was the backslidden wife of a former Pentecostal evangelist. And she, she really knew the Lord and had turned away from him. And uh, That's I not funny. Her. I don't even know why I'm uh, laughing. This, 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 there's always these new Because you can't there's, write this stuff, you can't man. Write the, the, the depravity where I came from. And, and her name was Jerry, and, and we loved her. She was a good woman, and uh, she lived outside of God's boundaries, but she was good to us kids. And we were like, I mean, they weren't married, but she treated us well. And she looked me in the eye one time, and she said, Duke, she said, don't you dare ever mess up. Don't you ever take your eyes off God. She said, you are the only decent thing that has ever emerged from your father's life. And it wow. freaked me out. But you see, that's, it, we were just a family right. freight train wreck. But Jesus was yeah. bigger than all that crap. Well, and because it, it goes back to, um, like even Israel, if Israel sinned, it cost the children right? As a nation, as a whole, dude, look at our nation as a whole, the sin that is in it, the children are paying the price with this transgender junk and poison their brain and everything else. And so today what we do see is we see how parental sin affects the children. You have parents that will not label their child boy or girl. They want the child to pick. You're a freaking retard. Yeah. I, I'm and then God, they're putting them on their okay i think god would have even stronger language than that okay not, not dirty language listen listen dude i'm listening i'm <laughs> biting your tongue how in the world can you give your child at five six seven eight years old pills to distort their body to become something that they're not and think that that is normal or that is even remotely okay. That is a society that has sinfully bottomed out. Yep. But these parents, think about the sins that these children are going to go through 
because of what their parents chose to do to them, putting boys in dresses. And, and, and what about this? The school system. Okay, I'm passionate, and I'm going to check myself as soon as I'm done. But I'm going to tell you this. There's a school that took a 12-year-old girl, convinced her that she was, was should, have been, so, should have been a boy, was teaching her how to bind her breasts so that her breast would die and not grow. And they started, they gave her a boy's name in school. And they were, so when, so they were already, they were literally already uh, had her in the, in the, in the process of, of changing and told her not to tell her parents, this girl wanted to commit suicide. And because her life got so bad and her actions were so bad, her parents kept digging and digging and digging. Praise God for those parents. And come to find out, all this came out that the school was teaching the children how to kill themselves, basically. And I'm just going to tell you, if, if you are a parent that is teaching your child that it is okay to do drugs, it is okay to to drink, it is okay for the girl to be a harlot, it's okay for the boy to sleep around, it's okay for them to do whatever they want to do, it's okay to not be part of society, it's okay. I'm telling you, you have lost your mind, and that is not normal, and it is not godly, and it is not acceptable, and their parenting sin is going to cost these children greatly. The Bible would call it reprobate mind, completely <sighs> gone. Last podcast, I was the one fired up. Your turn, Johnny. <laughs> is, hey, the, is the color o- still in my face? It's okay to be fired up against sin because these are <sighs> tragedies at the human level, to child level, the Dude. most innocent. And Satan hates children. He wants to dest- uh, to deceive and to destroy, and he's doing it. My wife teaches at a local, taught at a local public school for 20 years. She had a sixth grade uh, boy that when he came back for seventh grade, the whole system had to come in, all the teachers, because they're going to, the kids would be asking about it. So the whole school from the middle school up, they brought them all in and said, well, this little uh, boy is, is a little girl this year. And we have to, and they had all kinds of restroom issues. And where did they, where does that child go potty? It was just so confusing. That's that's on the parent. Mm-hmm. That's on the parent uh, for allowing that a, a child, a twelve-year-old child, to make that uh, kind of decision. And it's like, no, you're fearfully and wonderfully yeah. made the way God yep. made you. Yep. And, and I'm telling you, man, this affects kids greatly. And I mean, greatly as they go into adulthood is, is horrendous. And then, you know, um, then we gotta, we gotta deal with this. What this whole topic brings up just how far a society has gone away from God. Yeah. It will be just yeah. like Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, men with men, women with women doing that, which is unnatural. Yeah. And those days are here. And so we have the the parental responsibility to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's the stuff that we put into them. And it's also the stuff that we protect them from. Right. Absolutely. Because here's the reality. I don't care. I don't care who you are. And I don't care if you think that we're wrong. The scriptures are right. But the kids that grow up watching things in their home usually have a tendency to repeat that. And listen, in the church, in the church, I got, I got parents that are just living like idiots, absolute idiots, absolute morons. And they know what they're doing is wrong. And they know what they're doing is affecting their kids. And they know what they're doing is destroying the, but they love themselves more than they love their kids. 
Hello. Hello. Right there. There's a there's five points. Yeah, I'm just it. telling you. And when you bring it up, and this is how you know. This is how you know. I'm telling you, Duke. This is how you know they love themselves more pastor, than their kids. This is a pastor speaking. This is what comes to our faces when people don't listen to God. And and people think, oh, pastor, it's none of your business. Dude, when you corrupt my house, when you bring it into God's house, it is now my business because guess who's guess who's got a counsel and help them through it, Duke? Yeah. The the pastor. The pastor. And the innocent suffer. It's, and the, and, and the it's guilty, the kids. And the guilty blame shift. Oh man. Okay. Take a deep breath. So here's here's I'm hey, dealing folks, with this is this is a pastor's heart crying out to all of you. Don't create complications. Don't sin. Don't create complications for yourself, for your family, for your church. Just get get alone with God yeah. in reference to the this corruption that's in our mind and the evil that's in our bodies. Our, we're fallen creatures, and if we if we turn away from the Lord, if we have our eyes on self, I deserve and I feel and I think, right. we're going to bring stuff into our homes that this the price that you're going to pay you're not going to like the price that's exacted from you for this. And they, Duke, it is always so repetitive with the same people. And that should be eye-opening to them. And then you have one who, who gets drug into a... The innocent suffer. The innocent always suffer, dude. Always suffer, and that's, and it's it's so sad, and um, I'm just that's why the <sighs> that's why the innocent need to keep their eyes on Jesus. They have to not to get your eyes on on people. I remember my parents. You know, I had to get my eyes off of my parents. I realized that they're sinful. They've been controlled by sin. Their marriage is destroyed. Infidelity ruled our house. Uh, it was just painful, and I love them with all my heart. Yet. Before God, I had to kind of tune all that out right? and say, Jesus, I'm looking at you. Right. I'm a sinner. Help me. And God broke that curse in my home uh, for me. And then one by one, my brothers broke it. My sister broke mm-hmm. the curse. And then even my dad well, you know, dad came to Christ. Here's what's really interesting that we know to be true. And, and, Forgive me because I do have to check myself every now and then. I even told Duke in the beginning I was going to check myself. And I'm incredibly passionate, and especially when it comes to children, because we want them safe and we want them well. Yeah, because the truth is the children become a product of what their parents put them in. And if there's no intervention, they stay that product. They don't have to, but they usually do because – until we're taught something different, we don't do different. It's just, it, it is what it is. And I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm just tired of parents being so sinful at the sacrifice of their children. And they know they're destroying their children and they don't seem to care as long as they get their own way. Uh, parents blame shifting. Uh, how many parents have blamed their children? It's your fault I did that. It's because of you. Um, man, I, one lady used to come to the church. She doesn't anymore. Uh, she told her uh, she told her child um, the best part of her hit the floor. That's what, that's what she told her child, dude. 
How much more disgusting and and come degrading quickly, can you get? Come quickly, Lord Jesus! Yeah. The society yeah. bottoming out. It's horrible. It is, but but here's here's the thing that really frustrates me. We confront the parents, and then the parents do nothing. They do nothing, and and the children are crying out. All of a sudden, they're they're just being completely different than who they were. And it's because they can't handle the home situation anymore. They can't handle the sin. They can't handle the abuse. They can't handle the fighting, the arguing, the screaming, the, the blame uh, game. They can't, they can't handle and, any of that. And the parents have told them one thing and then turn around and do exactly the opposite. Yep. And it confuses kids. Or, or how about this? They don't even, they, they just drag them along with them now because there's no separation. You know, sin is in everyone's face. We don't even hide it anymore. It's just blatant. And then we act like, so what? It's my life. I can do what I want. It's, so um, I, I've come to the conclusion that certain sins of parents have literally um, inhibited their ability to love their children and to, uh, to be a loving caregiver. Because you get so selfish and you get so caught up in yourself that that's all you care about. And you can say you love your child, but if you're jeopardizing your child, you don't love your child. Just like you can say, I, I love God, but if you're not keeping God's commandments, you don't love God. I mean, there's some obvious things that are going on up here, right? And then if you don't have the ability to love your child because you are so consumed with loving yourself and that sin is consuming you and destroying you and destroying your house and destroying your marriage and destroying your children, and yet you are continuously letting it happen, I'm going to tell you what you've done. You have just poisoned your child, and it is quite possible that they're going to have massive problems when they become adults. Mm -hmm. And guess who's got to deal with the massive problems? Counselors and pastors. Mostly pastors. Mostly pastors. Yeah. If we can catch them before they commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Come Is there such a thing case. as as parent shaking syndrome? Because I'm I'm I want to shake some. Yeah. To I'm our just, to our hmm. audience, <sighs> I think this is this is sacred. What what Pastor John is sharing, because we in ministry front lines. These, we get phone calls about stuff that we don't want to hear about. We we have people come in. We have 14, 15, 16 year old kids come into our office and share things that just blows our minds. And it, it affects so many people. And we try to keep the circle of people known in the congregation. Uh, you know, if they're not part of the cause or solution, just they don't need to know about it. And yet these things leak out. And it permeates and it captures our attention. And pastors, this is on our heart. We go to sleep thinking about it. Can't go to sleep. Finally get to sleep. Wake up to go pee if you're like me. <laughs> and then it's right back there in your face. You can't get it off your mind. You lose sleep. Because you're trying to figure out the best way first off to save the children. And you realize if you're going to save the children, you got to save the family. And if you can't save the family, you're probably going to lose the children. Yeah. And then it's going to be this cycle of where this, this generational curse it goes to it gets another generation, and it's going to it's going to go to the next generation until until belief where people will fess up to it, name it, confess it, repent, turn to God, uh, confess it, repentance. And if that doesn't happen, you, you've lost another generation. Yeah. And one another thing I want to point out is addiction. You know, we've talked about. Uh, how selfish lifestyle, so on and so forth. Then you have the, the addiction side of it where 
the parent, if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, then um, you literally, especially if you're pregnant and you're doing drugs and alcohol. Fetal alcohol syndrome, I've seen it. I've so seen it. I've seen it. It's horrible. My, my sister-in-law adopted a young man, a baby at the time. It was a newborn baby. And um, she took it in foster care. And he has the fetal alcohol syndrome. syndrome. You know, now he's 20 plus years old, 21 years old, 20 something. I have to get his age right now. But he has a very difficult time processing what should be just so easy to us. Mm -hmm. But it's not how his brain works. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it has and permanently damaged permanently. Uh, and, and what did that do that put heavy burden on my sister-in-law and she's not regretfully taking care of this child. That's her son. And she loves her son. But, but the truth is because of one parent's sin, it has affected a whole society yeah. over and over and over again. So addiction of often, often has genetic uh, components to it. And the, there's a new thing out, a new study called epigenics. And epigenics suggests that trauma can leave molecular scars uh, on our DNA and that those scars can be passed down genetically to the third and fourth generation. I, I believe that that's true, for example, like the alcohol fetal syndrome and all that. But I also want to be careful that we don't use this new disease <laughs> as an excuse, as an excuse yeah. for sin. Yeah, it, it creeps right up along to the the generational thing, and I, I, I think our audience is pretty aware of if a, the children of alcoholics have like a, a ten times greater, uh, I, I don't know, even like to use the word chance probability mm -hmm. of being alcoholic if yeah. their parents were, yeah, and uh, if the parents uh, abuse drugs, right. the chances. How of many? Children. How many have you? How many literally have children? Have you read about where? the the mom is so addicted to drugs that when the baby's born they have to keep the baby in the hospital and and take them through basically bring them off of the drugs because the child is already addicted yeah at yeah. birth yeah it's already uh, sorry we've had families in our church do foster care specifically for these babies oh and just what a ministry just bring them in and it's it's not easy these children are suffering uh, going through withdrawal and they're yep. just low you know be <laughs> trying to give them baby formula because they're, you know, they can't nurse if they're not the biological mom and to just see these children. And I've seen, I've seen some of the tragedies of, of permanent brain damage from yeah. the fetal alcohol syndrome yeah. and, and drugs. And so, boy, we have a responsibility as parents. Yeah. I have a responsibility as a grandparent, not quite the same as a parent, but to just be that stable voice to just always turn people to scripture because right. there's no victory anywhere else there there is none and guys you have to understand this sin is never a private issue oh. sin is never a private issue we don't sin unto ourselves it affects everybody near us everyone especially those that we say we love the most or should love the most. and because you know we always abuse the ones that we are the closest to we're, we're way kind, way more kind to a stranger than we are our own spouse sometimes. Shame on us. Shame on us. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, sin is like a pebble in the pond. 
you throw that rock or that pebble in the pond and what you get is you get the the ripple effect that goes all the way to the shore there is not one thing in the pond or at the shore that does not feel the effects of that well if you study that that science a little closer you find it once it gets to the shore it starts coming back I don't understand all the, the science of waveology. Yeah. Is that a word? Did I just make up a word? Uh, I don't know. I'll take it. Waveology. But be sure. <laughs> be sure your sins will find you out. Waveology, dude. Does, I'm make up, but you understand what I'm saying. I love it. It's a good word. There's waveology. a point. I'm going to give you another point. Oh, man. I got a point. Wait, I'm going to give you a point for a stupid word. Waveology. Watch it be a real word. <laughs> then, then, then I get another point. Waveology. No, you don't. One. <laughs> I give it to you ahead of time. Um, but you're, you know, you're right, man. It just, because it is that constant generational curse that will just keep coming back to us. And I'm going to tell you, sin always affects those around us and especially the family. I think that's one of the most motivational things in my life, uh, especially one who came out of deep sin that, I want to keep my sin account low. Right. I don't want to hurt people. Right. I was hurt enough, and I don't want to pass that on to others. So it motivates me, especially when I see what other people are doing to their families because of sin. Right. It just is a strong motivator for me to walk close to Jesus. Right. Walk in his spirit so I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And maybe I can help people out of this mess and set an example for them that even though we were way down on the bottom, God can redeem us. And they yeah. can use all of our crap, excuse yeah. me, Second yeah. Corinthians chapter 1, that we can help other people because we've been helped out of this by, by the Lord. Yeah, and that's we're going to end this on a really good note because, well, I think we need it, and it's the answer, or it's the solution to the problem. The truth is that the sins of the parents will affect their children. Bottom line, every time. But I want you to know that God is gracious and he's merciful and that every human being is marred by sin. Grace is greater than all of our sin. Oh, my goodness, and right? And little baby uh, that died of David and Bathsheba, they had another baby later that became King Solomon mm-hmm. So that, that was redeemed. That yep. was, but there was confession and repentance, uh, Psalm 32, Psalm 51. Yes. David was a great sinner. He was a great repenter. He, he was a great repenter, he man. He was. Yeah. And that, listen, that's why God said David was a man after my own heart. Not because he didn't screw up, because he screwed up a lot. Oh, but he always repented of his mess up and, and he, didn't repeat it. I love, the, I love this little phrase. I'm not the author of it. I've been passing it on for years. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer you, than you want to stay. And cost you more than, than you, you want to pay. pay. Without exception. Yeah. No exceptions. No exceptions. Uh, Romans uh, 3.23 says that we're all uh, marred by sin. It says, for all sin, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Listen, every one of us have messed up. Some worse than others and some make worse decisions than others. But once you surrender your life to Christ and you try to live holy, I'm telling you those bad decisions will go away. Mm Mm-hmm. New we, life begins. New life begins. Abundant we, life begins. We, we can't go back and fix what we messed up, but we can sure enough work on keeping everything right from here on out. And we can learn from it, and we can help other people not to make the same mistake. Absolutely. We're all given an option to receive Christ as our Savior. Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so all of us are 
This is extended to every human being without exception. And we can be adopted into God's family uh, and we inherit a new nature, right? And then the Bible goes on and it speaks of being born again in genetic terms. And I love this in 1 John 3, 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin or does not live in sin for his seed, God's mm-hmm. seed yes, remains in the person, Yeah, right? The and Holy Spirit, the and we're, Holy Spirit. Because we're born again. And now we have, now we have the ability through Christ through the Holy Spirit, because we have the seed of God in us. It's part of our DNA now. The mind of Christ, the power of Christ mm. in his presence to stop the insanity, to turn to the scriptures. But man, we're just living in the last days. Sodom is here. Uh, craziness is here. We need to set an example. We'll come, we've come out from among them and we're separated, saith the Lord, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We yeah. reprove them yeah. in the name of Jesus without apology. We're going to live different. We're going to, we're going to get out the Bible. We're going to, with the help of the spirit, we're going to live the scriptures, set an example for this crazy world. Amen. Listen, I want you to know this, that God forgives sin. And when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, we are forgiven. And it says this, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians 5:21. Hey guys, listen, if you're a parent, I want you to know that you don't have to teach your children wrong. And I also want you to know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, that you can stop living the crazy life that you're living and put stop putting your kids through what you put them through. Start today. You can't fix the past, but you can sure enough prepare them for the future in Christ. Amen. Guys, I hope this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless.